Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, he. Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Season your the dimly lit room where deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. Hey, y'all. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Let's go with the men who stormed the beaches at Normandy many years ago on this date. Never forget their valor and sacrifice. Also, Tim Scott. Uh, why is Tim Scott part of our general manager? Boy, he went into hostile ground, Jack. He, he, he penetrated the hornet's nest. He went on The View yesterday and took on those cackling lefty hens. Okay. Well, Chris Christie uh, announces today, so he's the... He'll be the man of the day for the media. Anyway, welcome to the show. Hi, you is 79 years ago, D-Day. There aren't many world events that get honored year after year for 80 years, are there? Uh, no. No, not really. So that gives you one idea what a big deal it was. Um, that people are still talking about it, you know. Going on a hundred years later. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it was a massive undertaking of unimaginable importance, 
and it was ultimately successful. And I'm sure the Ukrainians feel similarly about their big counteroffensive that they seem to have launched uh, as they try to take back their country, as it is do or die. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got more on that coming up a little bit later. Who blew up the giant dam in Ukraine? Nobody knows that for sure right now. Giant dam blew up. And according to some German field officer who had been training the Ukrainians, said, well, we're not crossing the river now. That was part of their plan. So I guess that ain't going to uh, happen. Well, that's a clue then. That probably, probably is a clue, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what makes all this so confusing is that for a couple of weeks leading up to the uh, cracking open of the dam, both sides were saying the other side's going to crack open the dam. So the the whole warfare meets Twitter world of the 21st century is it's very odd. Yeah. And there'll be people learning about that because that'll be its own skill set going forward, obviously. Oh, yeah. I can absolutely see like a, a, a general who's in charge of social media in the future. Oh, absolutely. How long did it take to get word of how things were going with D-Day? Uh, preparations and all that sort of stuff or how much easier was it to keep secret oh my gosh yeah between the technology of just spying on people with satellites and all kinds of different infrared radar this or that and then communication wow that's completely how would you how would you pull that off in the modern world i don't know how what you would do yeah well as we've seen from some of the ill-disciplined russian soldiers in ukraine Back in D-Day, you know, I had a guy's uh, tweeting, rough seas in Normandy today. I think we're headed for shore. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Not helpful. Right. Exactly. Speaking of which, man, the Wall Street Journal's got like four UK stories at the top today, one of them being uh, some pretty serious fighting between the Russian forces and that Wagner group. Oh, Uh, really? Yeah. I hadn't heard that. Oh, that's a good story. I'll have to read some of the headlines from that. And the Prigozhin captured one of the Russian leaders and is like uh, making him uh, confess to something. Looks like he'd been beaten up. So that's oh. something. He's not going to go all sledgehammer on him, is he? If I had to guess, that'd be my guess. So, yeah, more on that later. I just could. This is what's fresh in my mind because I just watched it this morning. Wall Street Journal had the video from the big Apple announcement that came out yesterday. Mm. You know, they announced all their new stuff that's going to happen and then it finally hits in the fall or however that works and first big update to the apple watch and the apple watch has been around for nine years almost a decade old what no really that's what it said i thought that can't be true anyway um the 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 that new headset that they're pushing this is their their biggest innovation leap forward try to change the way we live our lives in a decade since the apple watch came out and uh, the Wall Street Journal had a good feature on the big headset, wearing it and what it looks like looking through it and all, watched the video and all that sort of stuff. I don't know if this is the future or not. Well, the one thing I keep reading in various publications is the longer you wear it, the more you feel like you're going to puke. Mm. Motion sickness. Yeah. Yeah, Michael. Michael, yeah, you're That's always been the it. problem with this stuff. It, it yeah. is. So I actually was talking to a very smart, knowledgeable person about this the other day because this is a thing. Uh, like 70% of people get nauseous from VR stuff. It's not like mm. some people do, hmm. most people do. So that is a big problem. Wow. And uh, I know I do. Like uh, the VR ride at uh, Universal, the Simpsons ride, I lasted like 30 seconds before I had my eyes closed hoping I wasn't going to throw up. My kids wow. loved it, but I didn't love it at all. I was ruined for the day. 
So, yeah, that stuff works on some people and doesn't work on others. So no matter how great that, what is Apple calling their thing? What's the name of it? I don't remember. I think it's I, Vision I, Pro or something Vision like. Pro. There you go. I mean, come for the $3,500 price tag and stay for the vomiting. I mean, <laughs> I decided pretty quickly into that article, eh, it's not for me anyway. Well, you know, there's there's been a number of products, a lot of them from Apple, that I thought, well, I would never use this or what I, I want it. And then it's, you know, including the iPhone. Apple Vision Pro, yes. I'll tell you some of the stuff. Well, first of all, um, when 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 people look at you wearing it, they can see your eyes, but they look kind of like weird and glowing. So I don't know. Are we oh, all, all going to get used to that? <laughs> Walking around and look at other people with their glowing eyes at you. But they they show a dad playing with his little kids wearing it, which seems a little like your kids uh, can't see your face and are your eyes. And I don't know about that. That's off putting. But anyway, you're watching your kids and you think, oh, that'd be a cool picture. And you just touch a button on your uh, thing because you're, you're, you're going to take a picture of what you're seeing with your own eyes or a video of what you're seeing with your own eyes. If we're all wearing them in the future, I suppose Apple might be picturing even little kids will be wearing them someday, I guess. I don't know. And your glowing eyed robot dad snaps a nice picture of you crying because you're afraid of him. <laughs> Or have no real relationship with an actual dad. Because your body sure can't process that. We're not, we're not, we haven't evolved to like recognize that as a, a, a parent. So right. we're just, we're just alone in the woods, miserable. Twisting eyed robot wearing a vomit apron. <laughs> but <laughs> fabulous. But they also pictured like, uh, like, you know, some of the fancy people I don't have this have the really, Really cool big three, you know, screens in front of them at their desk, like all these big Apple screens they got through them. You just have that in your vision thing. You don't have the screens, which are very expensive, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's just in your vision, and you're looking around at them like you can with VR. With really, one of the reasons it's so expensive is really, really high quality, you know, imagery like your like your iPhone, just so clear. So you're looking at these screens, and you can read on that one, that one, and that one without having three screens. Mm-hmm. I can see that being a pretty practical work use. I, one thing the Wall Street Journal mentioned was it mostly seemed work-related. Yeah, I, I can more easily buy that people will be sitting at their desks using that because it actually would be cheaper than buying three super high-quality screens and a bunch of other stuff. Not but, by much at, at present rates, but go on. But I, I'm not buying the we're going to wear them out in the real world playing with our kids thing. I can see it work at being a thing because then all of a sudden, oh, say you're all looking at these screens at your desk that you don't have and you can take them wherever you go. So you go right. to the lunchroom, you're still looking at the screens. You go to your car, you're still looking at the screens. You go in wherever you're doing. Into the bathroom. So you can work 24 hours a day. Exactly. It's, it keeps getting better and better. You're sitting on the toilet looking at your three screens. But then somebody because jumps in. Because you're vomiting so much. Right. <laughs> then somebody jumps in with the Zoom meeting we're on and now we're all in the Zoom meeting looking at each other with the headsets on. The on the toilet. Right. <laughs> So, but the work application makes sense to me. I can see that coming pretty fast. You know what's interesting is uh, <laughs> there are all sorts of great articles that I was going to delve into today about the world of work, including uh, folks who are revolting as they're being told they need to come back to the office a certain number of uh, times a day, the struggles Gen Z is having in the workplace, um, and... Uh, and the whole balance between, well, I can work anywhere, and yeah, that's true, but we want your ass in the office, is still an ongoing battle in corporate America. Some of the super biggies just don't know which way to turn. What happened to the whole, we, we uh, people are actually more productive at home? What happened to that whole thing? Did that turn out not to be true, or is there just other, is that only true for a while? 
I think that's part of it. There's a great difference between established teams with established working habits and relationships and, and onboarding. God forgive me for using that term. Uh, <laughs> n- new people. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough for young people to get that sort of a protege, uh, mentoring relationship going in the way that used to be very natural in the workplace when they're working remotely. Mm. Uh, so it, it, it has its strengths and it has its limitations, like so much of human activity. Well, I think what will make young people feel more a part of a team is everybody's walking around with these headsets on. Oh, yeah, and glowing red eyes, <laughs> stinking of vomit. Yes. yes, Michael. Unfortunately, coming soon, you watch VR porn. Well, yeah, that, that's unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that is inevitable and inevitable part of it. You know, honestly, making pornography more attractive is about the last no. thing humanity should be involved well, in. Well, right it'll, it'll be fun for the last generation since they're not going to have any kids and there won't be any more people on Earth after that. Right. So that final generation will really enjoy the most forward technology in pornography <laughs> before there are no humans left. Well, jot it down for future civilizations to discover if indeed there are any. <laughs> right. Or maybe it's just going to be the beavers who I generally... Uh, nominate to succeed humanity as ruling the planet and then they're watching wearing the vision pro headsets with just like visualizing chopping down trees but not actually doing it right not making little viewers <laughs> <laughs> let's start the show officially before we run out of time i'm jack armstrong he's joe getty on this tuesday june 6th the year 2023 we're armstrong and getty and we approve of this program all right let's begin officially then according to fcc rules and regs here we go at mark it has to be joe biden and and I'm glad he's willing to serve. It has to be somebody committed to the rule of law, committed to the values of this country. The hell was that? That is hilarious. St. James of Comey lecturing all of us on higher principles and putting country before convenience and adhering to the highest ethics of the law. Did you read the Durham report, you dope? Wow. I assume we'll hear more about that later. Yes. Joe yes. seems to be loaded for that one. How does Hilarious. Uh, how does mailbag look? Oh, it'll do. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's on the way. And our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it looks like Taylor Swift and her boyfriend broke up. Apparently that was, oh. apparently that was a rebound after her long term. So will that poor girl ever find love? She goes on too many dates. She can't make them stay. While she's out touring around, I hope she meets a young, nice young man. Yeah, yeah. I just hope some young man will have the courage to introduce himself to her. And right. I hope she can find somebody who'd like to be with her. <laughs> Poor kid. Yeah, exactly. How about a freedom-loving quote of the day? Whoop, whoop. Continuing on, the fabulous Thomas Sowell. It's hard to imagine a more stupid or dangerous way of making decisions than by putting those decisions in the hands of people who pay no price for being wrong. Oh, good one. That is one of Tim Sandifer's favorite sayings of all time. Absolutely. The idea that you reward failure by bigger budgets, giving them bigger budgets, and there's practically no award for reward for success in government. It uh, really is a formula for <laughs> nothing good happening. Mailbag. <clears throat> the uh, address is mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Kale writes, AI hallucinations explained. Seems AI can be simplified as an expert copycat with access to unlimited things to copy. AI has just been noticing uh, a pattern in articles, legal documents, that other research or laws are cited. So it does the same, like citing cases. It doesn't know that the citations in human-authored articles actually exist. Even though it may have the referenced articles memorized, it doesn't have the ability to term- determine if it's true, nor does it have the ability to even recognize when someone else makes reference to it. P.S. Has anyone asked AI why AI creates hallucinations? <laughs> I think they did, actually, when we talked about this uh, a while back. Hmm. But I remember the fact that the experts don't know why it happens and don't know if it can ever be ended is a problem. Yeah, yeah. Talking about the uh, the lawyers who are in trouble for uh, letting AI submit their it's, brief to the court, and AI made up a bunch of cases that don't exist. It's kind of similar to the VR thing. The VR thing could be wonderful, but if it turns out humans just can't handle it, most of them without getting sick, well, it'll never get off the ground. And uh, similar to AI, AI could be absolutely amazing and overtake the world, but if it turns out you can't stop it from just making crap up, well, it'll just never get off the ground. Right, right. 
Uh, let's see, moving along, Jishan writes, uh, crime has gone crazy across the country, mainly because cities, counties, and states are allowing it to happen. Haiti has a huge crime problem. They fixed it with vigilante justice, and it works. Most places, this is what would happen, except America. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Crime goes unpunished, and the vigilante would be punished. The good guys get screwed. That's why we're headed for the Civil War, too. I'm still working for names uh, for the coming Civil War. Civil War, the sequel. We need a catchy name for this. Who's fighting okay. who in this Civil War, though? Uh, the, the 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 honest uh, folk, the t- honest town folk, the good people, and the the outlaw guys, and the bad people. Exactly, the good guys and the bad guys, uh, punishing uh, punish the law abiding, praise the criminals. Okay, let's see. Moving along, uh, da, 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 Bob writes, guys. Ever since our governor declared California to be a sanctuary state, Bob's clearly in California. Uh, if he was really concerned about this people, these people, he should send representatives to the border to invite them to our great state, then have things in place to receive them. This would help the orderly transition of these people. Other blue and red states could follow this fine example. That's hmm. yeah, not happening. That's funny, isn't it? Old Gavi, he squanders billions of dollars on all sorts of stuff. Send a bunch of buses down there. So the state of California can be a true sanctuary. I like this. Regarding uh, biological women in, uh, or I'm sorry, biological men and women's sports, uh, writes uh, Aileen Anonymous, I'd like to know if drag shows would welcome actual women who identify as men to participate in drag shows. As a biological woman, they'd clearly be more convincing. Natural breasts, natural waists, no five o'clock shadow to hide. Would the gay trans men celebrate this new addition to their fold? Or would they consider these natural women to have an unfair advantage? Hilarious. That was good. If the sport is a drag competition, some beautiful, shapely woman who says she identifies as a man ought to get in a drag competition. Love that. We got 30 seconds. That's not enough time for this brilliant email. It's a cry and shame. We, we're all the losers here. I'm looking at but the TV. They've got uh, um, uh, a reporter wearing the new Apple headset thing we got. Man, that thing is huge. I mean, I just don't know if I see people wearing that around. Like, covers half your head. <laughs> it feels to me like something that's not quite ready. But who knows? Apple's got a great track record. Yeah, with a previous guy. Um, more on the way. If you missed it, I get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Before we get to Tim Scott going on the view to let those old biddies know what time it is. Yeah. The, uh, if we're talking, uh, well, first of all, we got this text I wanted to mention. They have a VR reenactment at Pearl Harbor that is amazing, said this person. I'll bet it oh. is. I think that is going to be a coming trend that VR uh, will definitely enter a lot of people's lives. Lots of historical sites and stuff like that, where the way you will encounter it is you put on a headset and see a civil war. You know, you look around the battlefield and see what was happening or whatever. I can yeah. imagine that being quite amazing. Well, um, when, how, how long ago was that that we had that fairly early iteration of VR demonstrated at the radio? Right? That's quite a few years ago now. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I I was thinking I want one of these just to play games, and I'm not a big video game guy, but I thought this is fantastic. But it just kind of never got there. I did the best VR. I did the best VR I've ever done a week ago. Did I talk about this a week ago in uh, L.A. Um, you're walking around with dinosaurs. It was just freaking amazing. Oh, you had wow. to put on a suit and wear a backpack and have a headset on, and they wrap things around your hands and feet and body, so just there was a lot of stuff involved there. 
but it was mm-hmm. just incredible. It was by far the best one I've ever done. I can't imagine where this is going to be eventually. Hmm. Um, here's a little nugget that I came across yesterday about the 2024 presidential election I found interesting. At this point in 2016, Scott Walker was dominating in Iowa. He didn't even make it to the Iowa caucuses. He dropped out before they even started voting. And he wow. was the leader at this point in 2016. So um, that doesn't mean the same thing's going to happen with one Donald Trump, though, who is currently dominating Iowa and New Hampshire and pretty much everywhere else. Well, uh, but like a quarterback with a back, his back turned to the, the, the rush. He doesn't see the big man coming at him hard. Yeah, so Actually, he does. Chris Christie. Chris Christie is announcing today officially he's got an event, I think, tonight or sometime soon. Whenever. There'll be plenty of events. But I just saw a little clip of him on, this is pre-announcement day. So he is going to be the first candidate that flat out goes after Donald Trump. The other candidates, like, r- reference someone that did something once or that sort of thing. They won't call him out by or name. This or this culture of losing we yeah. need to move on from. Yeah, exactly. No, Chris Christie is just going to flat out say, Donald Trump's a danger to America. Here's why. He lied. Blah, blah, blah. And that's what Chris Christie's going to start saying today. And so there, there's two things to that. One, he's the first person like that's going to be saying it out loud. Two, the media is going to give him so much more freaking attention than he deserves for where he's going to be in the in the polling. He can poll at a half percent from here until Iowa, and he'll still get more coverage than anybody else if he's bad-mouthing Trump. I mean, that's just a given. That is absolutely true. It's the Trump show. Everything is the Trump show. Right. So and he's the new villain, I guess. So now I heard, I read some things. We were talking yesterday about the um, uh, qualifications they put out there, the Republican National Party for getting on the debate stage. Some people saw that as a stop Christie thing, that it was designed to keep Chris Christie off the stage or make it really hard for him to get on the debate stage because he tore apart Marco Rubio. Uh, in 2016, which has kind of grown in legend, I feel like I actually yeah. I actually watched the video the other day, and it was pretty good. But um, but they don't want Chris Christie doing that thing where he turns sideways on then leans on the the podium thing and starts screaming at DeSantis and tears him down and makes him look like a puddle of goo, and then Trump really marches through. That's that's what they're worried about. So there's some effort, some believe, to keep Chris Chris Christie off the stage as a wrecking ball. You know, I, uh, I I generally, if I find myself in agreement with the mainstream, reassess my views, as Mark Twain uh, put it. But uh, I don't see, I, I've heard so many times that Christie is there to go after Trump. It certainly looks but like it to me. I don't see him kneecapping DeSantis. Because yeah. I don't think he thinks he can win. Chris Christie? I just think he wants to grow his profile, sell another book. And, uh, and take Trump out. Be the guy who took out Trump. He would be a hero to the Republican establishment, among other people. And then he'll well, just... and, you know, he could have like 7 p.m. on MSNBC until he, you know, falls apart, gibbering and drooling at age 107 if he were the guy to take out Trump, for instance. Right. Or he just goes back to his ABC This Week Sunday thing. Right. Yeah, for instance. Which yeah. he seems to like. Um, yeah, so that's that's going to be his role. So you're going to hear a lot of that from here on out. <clears throat> Him attacking Trump and the media just lapping it up as if he's a major player, even though he's he's not at all yet anyway. Tim Scott's not really a major player either. Senator from South Carolina. I really like him. He's the most liked candidate in the race, according to all the pundits. On the Republican mm-hmm. side, and he went on the View yesterday, which is he's getting a lot of credit for going into an unfriendly, 
forum, whereas DeSantis has mostly gone places where he's going to be loved and not challenged, Tim Scott goes right into the view. And I was curious to know, does he have the stuff to defend his views and counter those expressed by the uh, rather savage, snipey, and one-sided hosts? You know, it's funny that this should happen, because normally, 90% of the time, 99% of the time, I completely ignore the view. It's idiotic, and nobody should watch it, but... Um, I came across an article in the uh, New York Times, I think it was a column by a woman who's a long-time huge fan of The View, who says it's become insufferable. It's 100% one-sided now. Barbara Walters always staunchly defended it as a place people could come and exchange views and disagree with each other respectfully, then do a celebrity interview. But it was always a forum that, that prized fairness. Now it's 100% <laughs> progressive. So... Anyway, uh, you know, why don't we start with a clip of, that was not of The View. It's clip number 25. This is Tim Scott um, uh, talking to Sean Hannity about why he went on. Can you imagine uh, an extreme liberal a elitist telling me how to be a black man in America when she's a white lady <laughs> who dresses up in blackface? I can't believe the hypocrisy that comes out of that show sometimes. So that was uh, that was a little more frank than he was on the View, uh, which is almost too bad because I do like a good uh, well, you gotta, brawl. You got to be polite, do you? Yeah, I guess you do. Anyway, so uh, here are a couple of the things he said to the cackling hens. Uh, Twenty, Michael. What is your definition of systemic racism? Let me ask, answer the. Uh question that you've does asked it, or does it even exist yeah. in your mind yeah. let me uh, answer the question this way one of the things that i think about and one of the reasons why i'm on the show is because of the comments that were made frankly on this show that the only way for a young african-american kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule that is a dangerous offensive disgusting message to send to our young people today that the only way to succeed is by being the exception and he went into some detail on that. I agree. You've heard me say it a hundred times. I think to tell a child you can't succeed is to poison them. I think that's one of the most vicious, cruel, awful things you can do to a child. The physical abuse would not be as, as bad as convincing them in their soul to give up on life as a child. Yeah, it is pretty awful. He's right. Disgusting is the right word for it. And he talked when he announced a week or two ago about how you can make it in this country. Anyone can, uh, regardless of your skin color. And he's proof of it. And Joy Behar of The View said, he doesn't understand racism, has the rich white <sighs> Manhattan lady, which is really, God, that is a ballsy thing to say for someone with no testes. I mean, wow, I can't imagine saying that out loud. Like that, I think it's saying, one of the worst, stupidest things ever said in the history of television. That'd be like me saying to a, you don't understand what it's like to be a woman. Or, you know, just, what? That's what an incredibly out-of-bounds thing to say. Why don't you say that with a Bud Light in your hand, Dylan? <laughs> ah, moving along. Oh, you know what? When, when he gets into it with this the savage and cruel Sonny Hostin, who's like their attack dog, younger liberal co-host... Uh, it's pretty good. I don't even know who that is, and I'm going to try to keep it that way. But uh, I suppose I'll hear their voice here soon. 
I completely respect that decision. Yeah, after a quick word from our friends at HelloFresh. Oh, man, did Judy and I have a great HelloFresh meal last night. Perfect for the summertime. It was like garlic shrimps with couscous, a little broccoli, because we're into that sort of thing. You're thinking my kids wouldn't like that. Well, they have 40 recipes to choose from to satisfy any tastes. So get farm-to-doorstep quality in every HelloFresh box. Their seasonal ingredients are picked at peak ripeness. Travel from the farm to your home in less than seven days for ultimate freshness they have so many different choices it's actually this is the thing i think we got to hammer it's actually cheaper than like eating out or going to the grocery store all the time if you include all the time and prep and everything oh yeah and you don't have the waste because everything's pre-measured you just chop it up a little bit combine it and you've got a fresh delicious meal say goodbye to the this again blues say sign up today for 16 free meals plus free shipping with the code armstrong 16 at hellofresh.com slash armstrong 16 you can cancel anytime you want the code is armstrong 16 at hellofresh.com slash armstrong 16 all right, here's uh, Tim Scott and Sonny Hostin going back and forth. If you don't know her, and first of all, congratulations on managing your life in such a way that you don't know who this woman is. Uh, she is the young, smart, I think she's Harvard-educated or something, progressive of the woke. I'm sorry, the, the representative of the woke on The View. She's very DEI, Black Lives Matter, uh, university lefty, nasty. And uh, here they are, 21. I will tell you that if my life is the exception, uh, I can't imagine. But, but I can't. It imagine, is. But it's not actually. Here's here's. It's been here's 114 the, years. Yeah. So so the fact of the matter is we've had an African American president, African American uh, vice president. We've had two African Americans to be secretaries of the state. Uh, in my home city, uh, the police chief is an African American who's now running for mayor. The head of the Highway Patrol for South Carolina is an African American. Still in exceptions. 19, in 1975, um, there was about 15 percent employment in the African American community for the first time in the history of the country. It's under five percent. 40% homelessness and 50 of African-Americans of the folks get, in our community get 13% make, oh, I, of the you population. You had a chance to ask the question. I know that I've watched you on the show that you like people to be deferential and respectful, so I'm going to do the that same thing. That is true. Wow, still exceptions with all, the, uh, with all the examples he gave. That's interesting. It's an interesting way to look at the world. She said 40% of African-Americans are homeless? 40% of meant, homeless are African-Americans, yeah. I think she meant. Yeah, with wow. being 13% of the population, which may be yeah. true. I don't know, but I don't know how you blame that on automatically on systemic racism. Right. Well, that's yeah, that's kind of the key to the whole thing is you don't have to have any data. You just claim being aggrieved and, and you have to be believed. Uh, one more, 22. So here's what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest the fact of the matter is that progress in America is palpable. It could be measured in generations. I look back at the fact that my grandfather, born in 1921 in Sally, South Carolina, when he was on a, on a sidewalk, a white person was coming, he had to step off and not make eye contact. That man believed then, with some doubt now, in the goodness of America, because he believed in having faith in God, mm-hmm. faith in himself, and faith in what the future could hold for his kids, would unleash opportunities in ways that you, you cannot imagine. And indeed it has, but the battle is ongoing. Nobody denies that. But teaching kids, yeah, the whole system's against you, white people are against you, you can't succeed. Anybody who does is the exception. Oh, my God, that's feeding children poison and ought to be treated as such. Uh, you can respond to any of that if you want. Do you think Tim Scott's going to make any noise in this? Will he ever move out of the single digits? 
Uh, yes, I, I, I don't see him winning, honestly. I, I think he becomes a much more important uh, voice in America, though. Uh, which would be awesome. In perhaps the style of a Ben Carson or, uh, uh, you know, similar similar folks, um, you know, not black people, but some folks really do get elevated by presidential runs in ways they wouldn't have. Pete Buttigieg, we were talking about yesterday. Who the hell is Pete Buttigieg? The mayor of South Bend, Indiana? Really? Right. And he's a national figure that, you know, if you follow politics at all, he's a household name. Yeah. Um, we were talking a little bit about er- earlier uh, some articles out there about uh, the work at home thing maybe hasn't worked out the way a lot of companies thought it would, or they're starting to bring people back. We got a text from somebody about that who works for a big company. I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. Bunch of different things we can talk about. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Sajak is asking Wheel of Fortune fans to stop making fun of the two contestants who were unable to solve an easy puzzle, saying, quote, have a little heart. Or as the contestants would guess, 
Haze a nipple heave. Uh, still funny after all these years. So we're getting uh, quite a few texts. We were talking about the new Apple headset that is basically debuting today, at least in terms of uh, the, the uh, making a splash. Tim Scott, the guy who runs Apple, is that his name? Is going on all the TV shows talking about it. Anyway, somebody mm-hmm. said he addressed the whole nausea thing and that they're using a different latency model or something. I don't know. We'll talk about that later. But it reminded me I saw... Um, uh, on the on the idea of it's it's hard to predict what you're going to catch on and what's not. If you lived through the iPhone revolution, it changed freaking everything about life. I mean, I would have including never... whether kids are happy or not. Well, right, what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I'm not claiming it was all good, but I mean, it, yeah. it you know it went from nobody staring at a thing in their hand to everybody staring at a thing in their hand always. So it's hard to predict what's going to catch on and what's not. But there's a new movie coming out called Blackberry. Have you seen the trailer for this? The true story of the meteoric rise and catastrophic demise of the world's first smartphone. And it's all about how these people came up with this idea and they got together with this venture business guy, capitalist dude, and how it took over and they got it in the hands of businessmen and it became a thing, the Crackberry. And if you wanted to be important, you had to have a Blackberry. And how quickly it crashed when the iPhone came along. It just disappeared Mm. from the scene immediately. Anyway, it looks very entertaining. And just a reminder of how these things can come, just roll like a wave through culture and be so powerful and sometimes disappear, but sometimes stick around like the the iPhone. Uh, Whether these headsets will be any of those things, I haven't got the slightest idea. If I did, I would would, uh, invest accordingly. Yes, smartphones in general, angry uh, Android fans. Please don't email. You're right. Um, This is a good story here. Chicken oozing red goo served to New York City public school students, jury hears. This has actually become a court case in front of a jury. Chicken drumsticks with thick red liquid oozing out and tenders with pieces of metal in them were served to New York City public school students. A Brooklyn (laughs) federal jury heard Monday at the bribery trial of a former Department of Education official. Well, I just like that the kids get a choice. Uh, do you want the gooey chicken or the shards of metal uh, tenders? Well, do you want the one oozing what looks like blood, or would you like the one with the metal in it? I'll have the bloody chicken, please. Oh, my God. Nothing counts so much as blood. Jurors, Thank you. <laughs> jurors winced and averted their eyes as photos of the Texas-based meat supplier Soma Foods tainted chicken tenders and drumsticks were being served to kids in 2016 were shown by prosecutors. If you have the, These poor kids had to eat this stuff. The grown humans that are jurors are averting their eyes from having to even look at pictures. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. The stomach-churning demonstrations came during the trial of this dude, Eric Goldstein, former head of the uh, the school support services who allegedly greenlit the gross food in exchange for bribes from the owner of the company. So they are paying him off and he is saying, okay, bring in your crappy, disgusting food. Well, I could see getting away with, like, the bloody chicken, but shards of metal? You're a monster. You're feeding that to kids? You're pro-bloody chicken? Oozing well, blood? it's better, the better than shards of metal. God, the I don't chicken know. is the meat of an animal. You familiar with that? I don't know. The former owner had blood. A chuck of metal cuts my lips. Some oozing goo might kill me, depending on what it is. It's a sick enough. 
Uh, the uh, tenders from this company were pulled twice, including a three-day stretch in September of 2016, where the school food officials were alerted of bones and plastics found in the chicken. Other alarms included reports of blood, wire-like metal, half-inch pieces of metal, and blue plastic found in chicken tenders between September and March, blah, 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 blah. What the hell? The, The crispy tenders were back on the school menu in January of 2017. But the kids said they were still the same. <laughs> so they kept bribing this guy who was in charge of the bringing in the food and not liking making their food any less bloody or metallic. And uh, he was putting it in the schools. Oh, my God. These people should be on trial. This oh, is heck outrageous. Yeah. Heck, yeah. 850,000 students were served this stuff. Oh, New York, you said? Yeah, New York Public Schools. Wow, and they don't learn anything in those schools, so that's a tough twofer. That's a tough combo. How did that last as long as it did, though? Weren't weren't some parents able to get involved, or some kid brought some home and said, look at this, it's oozing blood, and it's got a chunk of metal in it. We keep them ignorant and feed them garbage. (laughs) New York City Public Schools. (laughs) They need an ad campaign to turn around public perception. And if we do teach them anything, it's how to destroy the family. Coming up next hour, the troubled American workplace. Stay with us. Awesome. If you miss an hour of the show, we do four. Get the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.